1: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the show. So, today we have with us Kevin Horrigan, president of Spinutech, a full service internet strategy company who develops custom website design, development, and marketing solutions in over 2,600 clients and across 54 countries. Fantastic, and probably growing as well. They integrate technology and marketing services to ensure measurable results for all clients. Fantastic. Kevin, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Mark. Thanks for
1: hosting. I appreciate it. Looking forward to this. Oh, so, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with?
2: Yes. So Spinutech is a what I refer to as an end-to-end digital agency. About one-third of our team designs and develops, manages, hosts, and maintains websites. And two-thirds of our team does all the digital advertising services for our clients. The majority of our clients end up becoming what we call end-to-end clients of our full service offering, We're doing all their advertising campaigns, organic search engine optimization, paid search, paid social, organic social, email marketing, marketing automation, um, but also usually doing their website too. And and a client usually comes to us because they want to upgrade their digital advertising agency, and eventually it wants us to assist with their website, or they're looking for a new website design and development company, and we build that for them, and then they want us to take over their digital advertising Um, But we're a team of about 170 people, very skilled in all aspects of all digital advertising, from, again, website design, development, maintenance, and hosting, to the larger aspect of it being all the services of digital advertising, helping our clients generate leads and grow their company, helping them accelerate growth of their existing clients, and ultimately helping their customers become more satisfied.
1: Fantastic. So that's everything. That's what it's all about, bringing in more clients, the right kind of clients, and then be able to service them and help them correctly. Yes. That's the business funnel the pipeline. Beautiful. So what do you find like sort of time and time again, what, what is it that you like, yeah, here is where we make the biggest impact with our clients. What's the sort of common thread?
2: I think just the word growth would be the most common thread. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, marketing is considered, you know, marketing is considered a strategic investment to get a return on investment. Um in my early career, websites were probably known as a a necessary evil, uh, a technology expense that didn't necessarily be measured by return on investment. But I think everything done in digital today is making an investment to get a return on investment. And so I think what's super satisfying for our team members is to know that the dollars our clients are spending are generating growth dollars back in return. And we see our clients continue to invest more and more dollars into those strategies. And One of my very first customer service trainings, the trainer once asked, Do you know how a customer votes that they're satisfied? And people are like, Good customer service index scores. No, you know, good survey results. No, he said, They vote with their dollar. Every time they put another one in your company's pocket, they're voting that they're satisfied. And it's super satisfying for myself and I think our team to know that our existing clients continue to reinvest and invest more getting mm. deeper in the strategy we started with, but also broader in the strategy that we didn't start with that they expand into later. And going back to that first customer service training, that customer's voting with their dollar. It's not so much we're asking for that dollar, that customer's coming back to say, what else can we do? We're enjoying the journey, we're enjoying the results, and ultimately, to answer your question, they're growing.
1: Yeah, so that that great. I and mean, with this, the return on investment, the return on investment is huge. But sometimes that return, it isn't always financial. Right. I know right now in the modern landscape, it's you know, impressions, it's reach, it's uh, connectivity, it's which sometimes is a false metric.
2: Yeah, and absolutely. so easy
1: to go after the one thing. It's like, look, I'm getting all these likes, I'm getting all this thing, but th- the money's not coming in. So how do you navigate this? Where sometimes it is like, what you need is this, and by association, it will lead to the money, but there's no direct link. How do you have those
2: conversations? Well, vanity metrics are made up by providers who I think that don't have good metrics to be able to provide. Um, we describe Sp- Spinitech in a acute slang way as we're a data company disguised as an advertising agency. And um, you know I think, Mark, when, when data clearly points to the outcome that you're looking towards, no one has to twist someone else's arm to take action. But mm. when data doesn't point to that, that's where people's opinions, interjections, and some vanity metrics go into play because the data is not pointing to a clear conclusion that makes it an easy decision. As a data agent, as a data agency, um, you know, the data that clearly paints a picture, clients make the decisions for themselves. I think that's often why they ask, what else can we be doing? Because the current strategy is performing so well. They're asking us to explore horizons. Broader or deeper than we have today, mm. um, but when you when you leverage data to help make decisions and not people's judgments or opinions, it's amazing how much easier you can have alignment with your company and your customers. It's amazing how much more satisfied your clients and your coworkers can be interacting with each other. When you don't have that, and you're using vanity metrics. At some point, at some point, one of the you know, at some point a party discovers that these vanity metrics aren't equaling the outcome that I expected them to and a bad days on the horizon. It's not fun working for a company that's using vanity metrics, knowing a bad days on the horizon, as soon as the client understands these vanity vanity metrics aren't going to pay off to what they're hoping they're going to be. And so, you know, I think, you know, a lot of what we do in helping clients grow is know what the right metrics are. And, you know, it isn't one size fits all different metrics are for different, different use cases. And like you said, revenue growth isn't always the only objective. You know, so often some of our 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 clients are struggling with, you know, recruiting new team members, and so you know, one of the benefits of of their growing company is to not only help them grow their revenues, but also the people who are going to serve the organization to be able to to fulfill the the, the needs of the products or services that are being purchased.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think that the the big takeaway there for me is it's, it's data. It's all about data. So Everything is right now. It is trackable. You can yes. track it. Maybe you don't. Oh my gosh! If you don't, that you're missing out. There is so much there, but. The data doesn't lie. So many people run a business based on I think, rather than on the research. And here is what we know to be happening. Now you've got something tangible. And yeah, I liken this to the work that we do at Unforget Yourself with, it's the power of woo and the proof of science. How do you become the leader? How do you become the person that you want to be? Through it's not all woo because sometimes the woo isn't measurable, not tangible. Spirituality yes. goes a long way, but the entirety, the science behind it, something that's trackable, something that's provable, something that's been has the literature. Now you're using all these things that have a basis. So you the the entirety is is
2: so big. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, and you know, I learned early in my career too a, a phrase: data tells, story sells. And so when you have good data, that you can find out avenues in which you can leverage a story around that good data. Yeah. If you don't have good data, then the story that you're creating doesn't have a good fact base, which opens a lot of curiosity in the bad way for, for the buying behavior. And so when you have a, a good fact system in place that you start to create stories around, I think you can rally people around to organize to come to whatever initiative that you're trying to do. If mm. it's just a story with no facts behind it, then people's curiosity may be, Curious, and when they start well, to scratch trust, around, yeah, proof, the all these
1: things—even subconsciously—if you don't see the 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 data data behind it, oh my gosh, it's something's like they sell the right things, but there's something missing. There's something maybe is the proof. So all all these things come into play from from that perspective. Let's let's bring this conversation into into the business, yes. Because with this, with um the return on investment, with the, the trust, oh my gosh, as a grown business with employees, obviously. We've we've been put through the ringer in the last few years. Business has changed. The landscape has changed, not only for your clients, but for you as well. Yes. So what's it been like for you as you've you've seen this, this change in, in 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 your in your people, in your team, in your structure?
2: Yes. I think I think probably, you know, of all those different examples you just gave, I think structure is probably the one that resonates the most with me. Uh in this post-pandemic world, we still have not. Um, mandated any return back to the office yet Um, and we had five offices um, in four states pre-pandemic and and so you know we weren't optionally leaving the office we were mandated to have to leave many of the communities like like where I am in Tampa Florida you know we're in a 14-story office building it was closed it was closed Mm -hmm. we're in Chicago we're in Denver there was restrictions about how many people from a different household could be in an x-square footage and there's there's there was no option to go into the office for a while. And so we were able to go remote with no preparation with a very short notice of time. I mean, I think we had one day we decided we're going remote tomorrow and, you know, we were able to work. We were absolutely able to work. But, you know, that was over three years ago that that all took place. And when I look at where we're at today, you know, I struggled to... I now look in the rearview mirror and I realize... Unintentionally, there was some magic that took place from the interactivity that took place in an office, and mm-hmm. I call it unintentional because at the time I didn't know the benefit that it had. That now that I look at how we operate today in a mostly remote world or an optional an optional come into the office, there was interactions taking place where cultural value was gone. There was unintentional discussions. Drive bys at the coffee machine, you know, meeting at the water cooler, whatever it might be. And hey, what are you doing for lunch today? Type of thing. And in those, in those interactions that took place throughout the day, unintentional, yeah, you were you were starting to make sure that the cultural expectations of the organization are learning or are sharing the same culture were there. The inspiration I learned more from my boss before my workday started by going in extra early and going to say hello to him at the coffee pot. I learned from more from him my earlier career. And and because of that, he took me under my wing. I wouldn't have had that opportunity in this environment today. And I just think the biggest post-pandemic changes structurally as an organization hasn't mandated return back to work. I struggle to feel if I'm being as effective as a leader as I was prior because I wasn't a better leader then, just unintentionally a lot of things took place, a lot of magic took place that I haven't found a replacement outlet in this remote environment.
1: Okay. So with this, just thinking about your, your team, uh, because it sounds like you're very passionate about your team. You've seen the culture. You obviously grew up in this culture and it helped you no end. So what's, what's been the impact on the humans from what you've seen? You mentioned the inspiration, you mentioned the culture, but what is the impact on them personally at a personal level?
2: My, my judgment would be it's um, a slowdown of their career growth. Um, I think that there was a lot of, mm. listen, we could have gone to the coffee pot and gotten a cup of coffee and be complaining about an interaction we had that day or the day before. But in that complaining back and forth, we're learning about what upset the other person and how it's anecdotally being solved. And that took place, or we could be saying you know, like, Hey, congratulations on this, whatever it might be. There was discussions about something at a work level where one part of the other learned something
1: beautifully put that just sparked a memory for me because this this interaction I, i liken this to children i mean as kids we have to engage now my brother oh my gosh personal story but he had a heart condition from birth he wasn't able to play sports and be out there running around with the other kids therefore he lost some social skills really early on that had an impact now, I share that because I think that's a similar kind of story here, where is it that the the employees, the team members, it, everything's OK, we can do the work, but you're losing some kind of social skills. So you've lost that insight. You said to moan and know how to moan and to know what to say, how to say it to someone in person. It, it counts for a lot.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's just again, it was unintentional conversations, but the byproduct of those we're advancing in some way of some kind of knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, when we're in, in an office environment with many different team members of many different skill areas in that same environment, you may hear someone on the phone talking to a customer or supporting another coworker. That conversation could lead to curiosity, whether you just overheard and you learned something in that, or you asked a question after was like, Hey, listen, I heard you talking about this, you know, t- unintentionally today, there's not a, we haven't figured, or I have not figured out how to match how to replace some of that magic that took place? So, as a leader, I struggle a little bit. What else could we yeah. be doing differently? I mean, certainly we've got a million different you know technologies out there that should help us collaborate. Um, you know, we've certainly invested more in software applications and things of that nature that help collaboration and things of that nature. Um, I just don't know if they've all completely replaced the unintentional interaction we had in office.
1: Can I offer an insight? Yes. With this, it sounds like the desire from, your, from who you are, what you do is you're, you're a tech company. The desire is what tech can put in place to improve this, to change this. And my brain's gone to, huh, how about we flip that on its head? Because you mentioned that it's the slowdown in career growth that's, that is one, one of many factors that you're, you're sort of dealing with. What if you could flip that around and actually use that and have a speed up of personal growth? Oh, my gosh. So, what do you need to do? How can you do that to actually have that?
2: Yeah, there it's,
1: could be something beautiful in that.
2: And, you know, in mark, in one of the things. So, we, we, you know, we're intentionally not coming back to the office, and and I don't know if that will change. And there's, I don't think there's any trigger point or where that's going to change. So, what have we done to try to to change it? Certainly, we put some technologies in place that foster collaboration in a remote work environment. So, certainly, that's one thing we intentionally have done. Secondarily, um, we've invested in having what we call team meetups. And so, again, mm. we had five offices. So we're getting our team together two or three times a year for about a two or three-day period of time. The strength of the bond and the excitement of the bond in those few days and, the, and, and for some time thereafter is far more intense than it would be when it's distributed across 365 days a year, right? And so you know, when we get our teams together and I have chills telling you this story because I just know how much energy they produce. When we have these meetups and our teams have an opportunity to get together, the energy level just spikes. And you didn't have that spike seeing each other 365 days a year. Yeah. It's just you're doing it three times a year. So you're doing it you know once every 100 days or whatever. And so, you know, I think, like you said, there could be some opportunities to have some personal development. And we do have plans for personal development, but there's an opportunity to, to maybe even revisit that a little bit deeper. But and we try to repurpose what we maybe aren't spending in some costs that would have been related to being in office, office supplies, you know, it, team member meals, things of that nature. You know, we've now created travel budgets to let the teams can be able to see each other, and, and 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 they're amazing sessions. Again, they're just you know not frequent enough to keep that but level this, here.
1: Yeah, this is the the big spike, the big change then same with how you help your clients it's not about the big cash influx and then did it it's like no how can we get a steady consistent level it helps you helps everyone so with this how can we have this this steady sort of because you know this so even in the in in office situations it's how can you get the best out of your workers and if we do a full circle on this podcast return on investments yes it's the return on the human being at its yes. very core yes what is that return to allow people to not have, to take care of themselves physically, to take care of themselves mentally, which is still not as far as it, as it should be. Yes. To be able to, what can we do? So I'm talking to the business owners. What can you do to maximize your employees from a cash benefit? They'll, so the business will work better. They work better. They work happier. And then by association, you care for them. Absolutely. So it's business and it's care. Those two things cannot be split.
2: No, and, and Mark, I think you know, like, watching our team members develop is one of the most satisfying things of like being a business owner. It's just, it's just so satisfying. But the more they grow, the, the more they grow in my own journey, the more I grew, the more I had an appetite to continue to grow. I was hungry for the promotion. I was hungry for the recognition. I was hungering for the satisfaction of working over and above to be rewarded with with a goal and objective. I was hungry for the opportunity to, to be able to make more money. I was hungry for, I think you know, good reasons. And and you know, that was me selfishly. I, I I was looking forward to the recognition. I was looking forward to the title change. I was looking for the added responsibilities. I was yeah. at, looking forward to the income. But my bosses weren't giving to that to me because I wasn't providing more value to the business. They were finding a way to do that because I was providing, which meant I was a better, I was a better team member to my teammates in my company. And also I was a better asset to the company for providing work product services to the customer. And so, you know, watching people grow in their career trajectory trajectory, I hope it's as meaningful in their personal journeys. It was to me, but it only makes them a better teammate, a more valued teammate and a better resource to our customers as well. So, Every one of our team members' career growth benefits the three primary stakeholders who we serve. We serve our clients, we serve our coworkers, and we serve our company. The faster we can get people to grow through that career growth, the faster they're happy themselves, hopefully, they're a better teammate, um, and they're better for our clients. And so, you know, that growth and going back to return on investments or return on investment of time or return on investment in dollar, you know, the faster our team can grow in their career path, the, the more, the more
1: better yes. students
2: are going to be for helping our clients grow. And it's just, it's just, yeah. it's all symbiotic. That's, that's
1: what it's all about. So you mentioned it's the clients, it's the coworkers, it's the company. Yes. What's in the middle of all that? It's you, it's the individual. That is the most important aspect. Hit that one. All these three are going to flourish. Yeah. Kevin, I know we're strapped for time, but oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing a Bit of your story, some hints and tips, and just riffing with me on on the the culture and what's changed. It's been fascinating. Thank you,
2: Mark. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time as well. Hey, you're welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about you and and your business, where can they find you? Uh, so just I'm um, at LinkedIn. It's Kevin Horrigan, uh, or just Kevin Horrigan at Spiniatech.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to field any questions, and if I can be a resource to you, I'd be happy to do so.
1: Awesome. Everyone, go check that out. But Kevin, again, thank you so much. This has been an awful lot of fun.